0: Sweetest
1: ingredient any song Pause by MWU We ain't talking about cars Millennials versus the world That's the problem Mike threw it Up the kid off of the line and you better tune in Cause you know that we lied Millennials versus the world Is a ride win and I'm winning that life What's your opinion No wrong and no right So get out yeah. our way They writing our way yeah. But we do not
2: care As long as you say
1: Millennials versus
2: the world, millennials versus the world, millennials versus the world, millennials versus the world. What up, what up, what up, man? It's the Millennials versus
1: the World podcast. It's your boy K Dot Mims, O G Meso.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh. man, the only spot you get authenticity and entertainment at the same time, man. So you know. Me and Mike are all about moving culture forward. We've been having a lot of tough tough conversations on our Monday night, on the Thursday night about relationships, how to maneuver them. But there's no better way to understand that than get a relationship coach that was more than willing to come on, man. We got a dope king that's up, gonna give his perspective, his story, all the above. Marcus, appreciate you coming on with us, man.
3: Appreciate the love, man. Thank you guys for having me. I, I really do appreciate the time and uh, I look forward to our combo.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, before we get into, you know, the juices of everything, man. Just for people that don't know, who is Marcus Weaver? If they who if we don't know who is he? How was your upbringing and all those things?
3: Wow, man. Um, well, first I'm a I'm a husband, a father. I sure. uh, got two beautiful kids, beautiful wife. Uh, but originally, I'm from Atlantic City, uh, so I'm a Jersey boy at heart. No uh, before before I actually uh, finished college, I I dove like directly into the business world. So uh, I started like running a marketing and sales business. I did that for about six and a half years, Um, but it was clear to me, like the money was great and I had the privilege to travel, but I wasn't extremely fulfilled in what I was doing. And I kind of, I started, I stopped losing a little bit of motivation um, and I knew I could be starting a new journey eventually. So I took some time off, dove into the corporate world a little bit, did some recruiting uh, for some, some large corporations and kind of recentered myself in the next chapter, which of course it is now the relationship coaching mm-hmm. uh so to answer your question the man i am now mentor content creator student of studying human nature and of course a coach but you know what else i am though what up? patient and <laughs> okay. em- more more empathetic and no. uh in all honesty I'm, I'm just thankful man because i easily could be uh living a different life right now so that's the basics of, of who i am though. so
2: Dope, 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 man. We all got a story. So kind of tell us how you got into relationship coaching, man. What was it? Was it your relationships? Whatever pushed you towards it? How did you get into (laughs) coaching relationships?
3: In all honesty, I think so. When I sold my business, I realized two things. The first was the most enjoyable part wasn't actually the sales and the marketing right? It was, it wasn't like meeting with a client. It was like me being able to empower my secretary, right? When she was having issues going on in her life or me being able to teach one of my employees, like, like I said, like the money part was great, but I wanted to do something that was more meaningful, something that had a little bit greater impact that doesn't really have an expiration date on it, or it doesn't spoil out of the box or it doesn't go really out of style. And I feel like relationships, both business and personal relationships are that like, it's, it's, it's mostly what we value the most. Like the other thing I would say is it's a different perspective, like a different charisma. I had a different message and, you know, like, you know how you get in those moments where it's, it's like you guys with your podcast, right? Like you gotta, there's a thousand podcasts, there's a thousand nurses, there's a thousand people have a YouTube channel. At the end of the day, to me, I felt like my message was different. I felt like I could put in a different perspective. You know, I I was able to explain the relationship you're in is broken or toxic or mentally abusive or all of the above, while also making you understand your value and your worth. So it was challenging, but it's also fulfilling. And I've been with my wife for, man, over 12 years.
2: Oh, congrats. That's dope.
3: Developing, Yeah, I appreciate that. Developing that relationship, like those DMs on how somebody helps you or how they listen to your podcast and how it helped them get through or cope with a release. Like those are the things that mean like the most. And that's more, that to me, that's more, that's worth more than money. So if I gave you a little bit of advice or a nugget that made you rethink your entire position in whatever situation that you're dealing with, that's powerful. Like, and maybe you fail, like maybe your relationship doesn't work out. But to me, that's not really the end point. Like that's that's your beginning point. So you, you should just put yourself mentally in a headspace to value life, value your relationships, your career. And that's the same type of powerful human nature when you stay somewhere you don't belong. When you look back a year from now, the hope is that, yo, know, I'm a lot smarter for what I just put myself for, through this, over the course of this year, for what I learned, for the mental and physical headspace that I'm in now for me to kind of keep going. For sure. So yeah, like I, I would have said like in every aspect of business I was ever been with, I've been a coach yeah I just not in the literal sense until now
1: so so, so real real quick um you know most people you know uh, have a have a hard time stepping out of their comfort zone because you were in the sales industry for some time and you were really good at it so once, once you decided to step into your passion did it I guess of course it was natural because you were passionate about it but was there a part of your childhood that like foreshadowed this oh. direction Oh yeah,
3: 100%. So my mother, my mom was a single single mother. So she had me and my brother, my brother seven years older than me. Pops left when I was before I was two. So single parent home, my mom worked three jobs grew up in the hood. We didn't have much. But what I understood, I think it's twofold. I think on the business side, I understood like in Atlantic City, there's a lot of casinos. Right. And people's dream was like, oh, I'll just be a manager at a casino. I'll be at a cooking. And I'm like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get out of here. Yeah, but <laughs> like sure. I'm trying to make it out of here. Like, and, and like, not necessarily not look back because I give back to the community now, but I wanted to be put in a better position where I understood. And I didn't want generational trauma or curses to be placed on me to have to feel like I had to carry that burden. And my mom, like being able to not see that relationship with my mom, you know, as, as as a man, more importantly, as a black man, I understood like being a father and a husband is a full-time job within itself. You know, it's like when we say like a single, single parent, a single dad, a single mom, like that's a job in itself on top of the job you already have. Sure. So I think from Pops leaving, me understanding that I wanted to have, I wanted to build relationships and I understood relationships and business could help me be financially where I wanted to be. But I also understood like that relationship. I was always a relationship dude. Like I, for sure. For as much as I en- I love the ladies, uh, <laughs> or used to love the ladies. I hope my wife didn't hear that. For yeah. when I, for as much as I used to love the ladies, I also, I, you know, I enjoyed the camaraderie. Like and 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 honestly, bro, that was a good question because we're not really built to live a solitary life. Like we're we're built to to for camaraderie. We're built to have conversations to not necessarily you know, we're not a male lion living out in the African jungle. And then even they go and try to find a pride. So that's the way I kind of think about it as far as what kind of bought me into it, because I understood there's a lot of broken relationships and and there's this like stigma, not necessarily from us, but around Black fatherhood or Black husbands or not being in your kid's life or not in those relationships. If we grew up with broken relationships, it doesn't mean I have to have one when I'm a you know, 50-year-old man or 35-year-old man.
2: Dope, dope, dope. So really quick, I heard you say something about like, uh, you've always been a relationship type, you know, a lot had to do with your upbringing. So being a relationship type, did it happen through multiple experiences? Were you always learning from relationships or were you always guiding them as you went when you were growing up? So did you see the people around you and guide them or you just experienced a lot of relationships where you learned a lot? So I think
3: for me, it wasn't it, I, I always took from each relationship a piece of something that I know I could approve on. So whether it was, damn, I was a pretty shitty communicator or I wasn't great at paying attention to the details, or sure. she changed her hair and said I never spent enough time with her or didn't go out with her enough. Like yeah. it was all those things that I had to kind of learn and get better with because. I didn't know any better you know my my preconceived notion was like you know a man is just supposed to take care of home and pay the bills and like but that's that's all great but there's still time there's still like the love somebody needs to feel like we all have this need for validation in even the tiniest forms you want to know you look good you want to know she likes your haircut you want to know she enjoyed that dinner y'all went out you know to dinner and enjoyed herself like you want we all want that little bit of validation. So to me, I think as I began to learn, I was like, all right, cool. I I took small pieces of each relationship and I was like, what can I do each time? It's kind of like building a business. Like I failed a bunch of times or, or making videos when I first started making content, it's like, wow, my lighting was really awful or, or I didn't cut that video. Right. Or I I cut myself off. I didn't even, Oh man, the ending was totally messed. It's the same idea how can i take and build better and i'm one of them dudes who are like pick it apart for sure i look back now you probably like listen to your first podcast and you guys are probably like damn we didn't have no intro we and we were stumbling all each over each other my mics were terrible it's the same thing
2: yeah in a relationship in my opinion you know what mm-hmm. i mean dope 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 so man you've dealt with relationships business-wise personal-wise what's some of the easiest and hardest things of relationships? Like just in general, what's some of the things you encounter? And maybe you can start with like personal relationships that you see that you've experienced all the way to business. I say the, I'll start with the easiest. Cause I think,
3: I think the easiest part is it's not necessarily tangible either, but you know, the passion and the interest you have when you first meet a man or woman, like what I hear a lot when I'm in coaching sessions, like, those new relationships like when you can't stop thinking about the sex last night the mm. beat that you're going out on it's exciting it's like this intoxicating feeling that you think oh, this ain't never gonna wear off this is gonna be like this forever sure. until it doesn't like i always refer to one of my favorite chris rock jokes from like 10 or 15 years ago when you say when you meet someone <laughs> you're not meeting them you're meeting their representative and yeah, true. True. it's one of my favorite lines because not only is it is it real talk but the beginning is always sweet for like those first few months or even possibly years, but like as you begin finding out more, getting in routines, moving in together, that's where shit hit like like hits the fan. Yeah, where, sure. Which, which leads me probably to the hardest part, which is maintaining healthy boundaries. Like these right. are giving each other space, keeping a consistent level of communication about issues the two of you might be going through. But I'd probably say like the the biggest is like the lack of emotional intelligence to learn and like to, to read, react, respond to your partner. Like it's impossible to have a healthy relationship or a marriage. If you always have to be right. Like mm. everything is like, it doesn't have to be a competition. You, you're not here to win. I mean, you're here to win together, hopefully. For sure. But that communication has to be right in order for us to like talk through it. Like, I watched a video earlier today with Jay Shetty and he was talking about like, you have to learn how to, he said, it's not cooking for each other, it's not cleaning. He ta- He said it's about learning how to fight with each other, like how to argue, how to have a disagreement, but be grown ass adults mm-hmm. and move forward from it and be productive in your conversations. And I, I think that's probably the hardest part on top of, you know, some of the other, yeah misconceived notions of like what you assume about your partner when they come home late, when they start spending more time, when they have friends. It's being able to trust implicitly. Like, yo, I'm leaving. I'll be, I'm going to California for a week. I don't have a worry in the world. Or do you? For sure. If you do, you, you, if you do be single.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I feel that. Hey, it's crazy because Monday we were talking about this. So I'm going to ask you, what's your opinion on agreeing to disagree? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't know. See, you, you probably set me up for this question, but uh, <laughs> I, so
2: is it effective? But, I should ask. Do you think agree to disagree is effective?
3: Yes. Yes. And no, I think that we don't always have to like, I'll give you a business example. If I'm working with somebody and they have a business idea mm-hmm. and they're like, yo, I think you should really do this or you should pitch this product. And I say that's great, but I feel like I'd be better at doing that if we were a multi-million dollar business, or if it was a product that I actually used, whatever the case may be. For sure. I'm okay with us being like, you know what? Timing isn't great. Let's agree to disagree that it's a good idea, but maybe not necessarily the best timing. Gotcha. So I don't, it's kind of a sticky situation. If we're talking about relationships,
2: yeah, let's talk about relationships. That's what you need. <laughs> yeah. Uh
3: like will we agree to disagreeing about you cheating on your on your girlfriend or your wife or
2: your husband or your boyfriend. So oh, so to give you context, God. oh go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry, all <laughs> that, bro. See, I t-
3: see he set me up. He set me up. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Tell no, no, me, sorry, no I, man, so, I, so, give me
2: the real. So so the context of it was what we were saying on Monday night. We were saying like a lot of people try to agree to disagree with facts. Mm. Like Okay. If, if something happened, like in the timeline, like for the example I gave was like, save me and my wife. I've wake my son up at eight, get him, uh, he eats breakfast at nine, gets dressed at 10 on the bus by 11. Right. Like we can't agree to disagree. Like that's the times in which he gets ready. Right. But my wife can say like, Hey, I think after you wake him up, he should get dressed first, then eat breakfast, then get on the bus. We can disagree on like the processes of things or like things that we think are more effective or more ineffective but I feel like sometimes in the culture right now we've adopted like a agree to disagree mentality to everything and I guess I would ask do you think agree to disagree is a solution or does it resolve things
3: not really because all you're doing is delaying that conversation for later Mm. um so to use your example for your you say wife yes you know for you and your wife and all right cool well Wake up, get in the shower, go eat, whatever it is. To mm. me, there has to be a compromise, especially Always. in a I believe so because, okay. like, like a prime example is the amount of time I spend working. I work a lot, man. Like, yeah. whether I'm here on a like, my daughter will come home and be like, "I ain't want to bug you, but can I tell you about my day?" Like, I'm like, "Yeah, like oh, I'm yeah. in the yeah, I'm in the middle of editing. I'm in the, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. what you say?" And yeah, then I'm yeah. like, uh, but. I had to compromise with my wife right so now I'm like all right look a day a month is just us no work I'm not gonna post it like because I'll schedule I'm I'm like when it was like I'm gonna schedule my videos I'm gonna schedule my post For sure. I, I'm gonna post a story. Like at the end of the day I feel like if there is no compromise in that relationship that's how you get into like that's how you get into the problem problems like mm. the cheating the lying the deceiving the having emotional affairs with somebody that you work with because he's not showing you enough attention or because she's hanging out with her girlfriends. I mean, there has to be a compromise. For sure. And it doesn't always have to be, uh, to your point about the agree and the disagree, it doesn't always have to be, but the facts.
2: I I just- Like they gotta go to Yeah, (laughs) I just think that's, I guess I agree with everything. I think compromise. So like, for instance, I've been with my wife for 12 years married for nine well excuse me married for eight so i think for us like even with compromising right i think compromise can be overused sometimes like i think we tend to believe as husbands and you know with all three of us being husbands you know but obviously y'all chime in when you want i think we've been taught to like compromise means like give up your complete self for another idea versus like there being like actually leverage on both ends or like, I'm going to take from this and give here so I can get more here. So I'll fall back from this. I think we've been taught, well, let me not say we, I think I've been taught in my life, like compromise means you let go of all yours. So, you know, that's like happy wife, happy life. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Right. So compromise, I think in our culture just can get overused.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it can be, there's a there's a good there's always a middle ground
2: Mm.
3: I feel like like all right cool like it's a it's a it's kind of a seesaw battle it's like a give and take it's a little bit of both but I'm always big on the one of the biggest things I see when I coach is people don't want to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. like it's okay to to like And and there's, like, this stigma around, like, well, I don't want to seem weak. I I hear people all the time, oh, I was watching this video and they said, wait, three days. I'm like, what? Why do I have, uh, first of all, that makes me thankful I'm married, okay? Second second of all, it makes me realize, like, I don't have to be somebody who's put in a position where everything has to be a game. Like, Mm. or you have to, like, hold on to that grudge forever. Like, I always tell my wife, like, I don't know, like, I know a lot of friends and family that passed away at a young age. Mm. I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. For sure. Like, why, why, is it okay if, is it okay that your wife or your daughter or your son sees you cry? Mm. Is it okay, like, and I'm not saying every day, right? Because as, as black men specifically, we're, we're always like, we gotta be, we gotta be hard and we gotta be this. And it's just like, that's cool. But when did being nice to a woman become a bad thing? Like when, why can't I be kind? And the same for a woman, you know, why, why do we have to play games? Like, look, put yourself out there. That's okay. It just saves me the time and the headache. So I feel like there's a good, there's a good, to your point, there's a, there's a place for middle ground. There's a place for like, yo, I'm standing my ground. Like, all right, cool. This is the way I feel about, all right, cool. You don't feel that way. Then we don't agree to disagree. We just disagree. And that's cool too. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that either we We could disagree yeah like we could disagree on how like my I grew up totally different from my wife Mm. right she I grew up in the hood she grew up in like the suburbs yeah and like had mom and dad and had like brothers and sisters and I'm like I'm like so you had so you had multiple gifts at Christmas like we yeah I have none of that I'm just like all right well you know me and my brother shared everything or I had a pair of sneakers that I had to play basketball with it in and go to school in like I don't know I don't know how that life is, but, so how we parent our kids is completely different,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? Or when we were coming in, like, as far as the idea, all right, cool, well, how, how should we balance this out? Because I'm like, tell you, and I am I got a house full of women, by the way, so like, I'm like- God bless you. Hey, hey, my, hey, Mike. I need hey, it.
2: Hey, Mike.
3: Hey, Mike in the same boat, bro. It's Mike, Mike man, he feels my pain then. That's why he's yeah. wiping his face right now. He's like, man, <laughs> I hear you. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> But it it taught, I had to be softer. I had to be vulnerable. I had to be dad. I had to make the little kid voices. I gotta, you know, play house. I gotta, like, I'm doing all those things and that doesn't make me less of a man.
2: Could, could you tap into like what being vulnerable looks like though? Because I don't think a lot of people understand. When you say like, you see people that are scared to be vulnerable and you talk about you having to be vulnerable, it's specifically for dudes. Like what, when you say be vulnerable, what does that look like and what does that mean? I mean, being honest, because... In, in, in the sense of
3: what are my expectations? What am I looking for? What's gonna allow me? Because there's, per, to us, perception is always reality, right? Like mm-hmm. we always don't, we don't wanna be perceived as such. Mm-hmm. Why not? The one thing I never care about is being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. The people that don't wanna understand me are never gonna understand me anyway. So if it's, some, if it's a woman that I'm dating, if it's a man that a, that a woman is dating, at the end of the day, they're gonna see what they wanna see. Can I be honest enough in that relationship to say, look, I'm not getting enough sex. I'm not, and, and can I listen to that and be like, yo, you know what? You're right. Can I see it? Can I be empathetic enough to not be like, well, I mean, had you been handling your Like, that's yeah. cool. You you could do all that all day long, but how are you gonna build a meaningful relationship off of that? For sure. we, we ain't gotta argue all the time. We ain't gotta be upset at each other all the time. We can be, we can have a wonderful conversation about something that's a movie that we watched. Why can't I be vulnerable and tell you, nah, you know what? That romantic rom-com you wanted to watch, honey? Like, yeah. it was all right. Like, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, it was a decent movie. I ain't watching it again. But the first time was good. That was good enough for me. I enjoyed it. Why well, I gotta be like, nah, let's go watch an action film. And I don't I don't need to be all that, man. I am who I am. I don't need to reject and 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 read some book that tells me how to act. I was born with that. For sure. I was a mama's boy. Oh yeah, me too, bro. Definitely. So like I don't. With dad not being there, my brother was in the streets. Now my brother was like the hood dude, the the local, the local mini legend. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. sure. so we were like two opposite ends of the spectrum. Here mm-hmm. he is, he got and I got a little girlfriend. Yeah. yeah little girlfriend coming. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> I couldn't be him. Yeah. That was cool for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But how long you gonna you gonna be that when you're 55? For sure. You gonna be still out here in these streets, talk trying to bag all these. I'm like, all right, that's cool. How long are you going to do that? You're going to be 65 and unhappy and single and living by yourself and nobody to share it with.
1: So go ahead, Mike. My fault, bro. Uh, I just want to dive back into something you said earlier about the, the Chris Rock reference, right? Um, I'll take it a step further and say we all operate as different versions of ourselves in the different atmospheres we, you know, operate in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not the same in front of your wife as you are in front of your homeboys, right? right. Not the same at work, you know period like is it and not saying that you pretending to be somebody else but you're your slightly toned down version of yourself right? is that a safe way to operate especially when you're building relationships in those different arenas or is it like oh should we be 100% turned up us everywhere we go <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, so I, I'm going to use another I'm going to use another stand up comedians reference because I, I and part of the reason I got to preface this part of the reason why I watch so much stand up comedy is because I make content. And what I appreciate about comedians is. They're storytellers and they put things into a perspective, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, that makes you like think about like, oh, I never thought about it that way. So yeah. Dion Cole had a, had a special like two or three years ago. And he said as a black man or as a black person um we can't always turn up our blackness we gotta sometimes turn it down
0: mm-hmm.
3: and his point he said he pointed to a lady in the audience he's like james who you work with dang how he really is and <laughs> when he go home he's completely different so i i do feel like there's like this professional level that you have when you're dealing with business partners There's it's different when you're with your homeboys. It's different with your when you're with your wife or your girlfriend, and it's different with you just when you're hanging out with your friends. And I feel like that's a good separation. You're still. I don't think you that changes who you are. I think you still are. You are at a core level. You just. And it's not that you have multiple personality disorder. You're just somebody who reacts differently to different energies. And I, and I feel like that's healthy. Um, and it gives you separate releases because. If I have the free, the most important thing I talk about with this with my wife all the time that's important to us is freedom. Mm. Freedom to choose. Freedom to just be able to go, yo, I've had a really bad day. I don't feel like talking right now. So I love you. Give me a kiss. I'm going downstairs. Mm. I'll see you in the morning. (laughs) Like whatever it takes in order for you to have releases and having those conversations. I know she ain't gonna talk to me how she talked to her homegirls. I know she's gonna be different. Oh, I know she's different when she go to work. Oh yeah, for sure. So, I, sure. and I don't, and, and she explains it to me, right? And mm-hmm. the way she explains it to me is hyped up. It's a little bit more. And she's like, I should have said that, I'm like, Well, at the end of the day, you said what was right in the moment. And those first reactions are usually the best reactions because they're the most honest.
1: Yeah. Hold on, let, let me, let me just, uh, let me. Go just, ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go get it real quick. Let me be transparent. I, I think I, I walked that, 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 I'm going to just use the word perfect for lack of a better words of, um, you know, this amount of myself at work, this amount of myself, you know, in other arenas, right, where I run into an issue is when I get triggered at work, they don't know who I am anymore, like, like all the way and they're like, and I can't, I can't, I can't just be the turned up uh, work version, if that makes sense, all the way back.
2: You just turn into a, you know what? Yeah, uh
1: huh.
2: <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: Yeah. And and I, that's and that's what I'm working on, man. I just wanted to throw that out there that that uh, I skip a couple steps when I'm still. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it happens, man. You know, yeah. uh, especially when you build uh, rapport with with people not from our community, mm-hmm. and they get comfortable operating with mm-hmm. you as if you come from their community.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: One chicken joke one day sent me off, man. It won't even talk talking to me. It was a chicken joke, but I had to I had to do it. I just had to go off. Got to yeah. Those
2: be the worst ones too. But it,
1: and it's such a microaggression to the
2: point where it's like,
1: how we get the hey, chicken, what's the bro? Smell? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Look, what's that smell? I'm asking, what's that smell? Oh, it ain't fried chicken. God bless you, bro.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm gonna take some uh, leave yeah. the next day. Just, <laughs> you might have to <laughs> say some, might take some. some
2: permanent leave. You uh, feel so me? Like... You feel me? For real. <laughs> but uh, I, um. To that same thing, do you think... Uh, well, no, let me backtrack because I do, I do, I do want to ask this question too. So when you speak about, um, you know, operating and reacting in different spaces, how do you feel about people... So I hear you say you, you don't want to be misunderstood. It doesn't matter. Was that a place that you were always in? And how would you tell somebody that's kind of always fearful of judgment? Always, always, always because, like you said, the validation piece is important. You know, I'm the type like I jump in and out of both. I think in some arenas, it just don't matter to me, you know what I mean? Then I think other arenas where I think in my arenas in my life, if I know you on a certain level, I don't expect a misunderstanding, you know what I mean? I think in other arenas, if you don't hold that much value, doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? But as far as like work or business relationships, to me you kind of got to worry about perception because that can kind of control sometimes what business you do make or don't make, you know? So what would you say to somebody that's kind of in that space of like living in a shell that's scared of judgment?
3: So I think there's a balance in life that's important with all of that. Like, and so in my, I make YouTube comment uh, content. So in my YouTube content, in my intro, I always say, we help you through your personal growth and development. Your careers in business and entrepreneurship and building meaningful relationships, yeah. so I feel like if you have all three of those if you're if you're confident in all three because there are sometimes people are in like transition phases where if I think about my personal career, if I'm thinking about a job that you're at, but you also got a side hustle and but you have a good home life, but you're torn between like Should I tear myself away from where I'm doing right now and totally dive in? Because if I gave this 110%, I could be like a rock star at it or I can make more quality content or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. That balance to me helps me accept. I don't, you know what? If somebody like, I'll give you an example. I had a post, um, it was probably like a couple of weeks ago and it was about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And in this forgiveness quote, I got a DM from this girl who said, uh, I'm not really like the, the basis of her DM was like, are you saying you should forgive even if they hurt you? Like you should explain it further. What I explained to her was, nah, I don't. You could take it however you wanna take it. How you were gonna define it was how you were gonna find it no matter what I put in that description. So to me, when I say misunderstood, where most of the time that's, that's self-acceptance. That's us misunderstanding ourselves because the criticism is always gonna be there. Mm. Like somebody's always gonna make some, to your point, Mike, some snide joke that is a trigger point. There's always gonna be somebody who doesn't like your podcast or who hates my content. That's all cool. You are entitled to your opinion. At the end of the day, how you took it is not my concern. I know how I meant it. For sure. I know how I put it out into the world. I know the intent. I, it's, and it's always positive. It's always to uplift. It's always to make it better. It's always to bring it back to like, this is all encompassing. So the misunderstood part, that's basically me. Ex- I, I had to come to the point to answer your question directly. No, I wasn't always that way. Hmm. I, it took me a while to be like, you know what? I'm comfortable with like people just taking it however they want to take it. Those that like, if you, you know, the saying, if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, those who, who care to know or who care to be inquisitive about it can ask me, they can DM me, they can email me if it's that, if it's that important to them. But it doesn't have to be something where we need to sit And I don't need to have a whole you know circle about it and like we need to have a discussion about what you just said. No, nah, I said I said what I said. And I meant what I said. You could take it
2: how you want it, yeah. but I know what I meant. Go ahead. Mike, was you about to say something, bro? Mm-hmm. Uh, I- So I'm glad you said it. It made me think about it. He was like, your first reaction is the best reaction because it's the most honest. Mm -hmm. You don't think that can get people in trouble sometimes though, especially if people processing times aren't the same or like it may be the most honest, but is honesty the best policy? Like, is that first reaction the best thing how you always want to initiate things and stuff? You understand what I mean? Like it, it may be the most raw and uncut, but you know, that's not the reality we live in. So I'm saying like, What makes you say that, that the first raw and uncut and honest reaction is the best one?
3: Because when I think about what, this is just me personally, when I think about what's important to me as far as relationship building, whether that's like with a peer at work, an associate that works under you, a a friend, a family member, or an intimate relationship, there has to be a level of transparency in order for that relationship to be genuine Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and we we i think we always think that in like husband wife girlfriend boyfriend terms but we don't always necessarily think of that in like friendship terms Mm -hmm. right like i mean and and like you guys obviously are friends so yeah the offline conversation that you have is gonna be honest and transparent i don't know man that was was terrible i didn't really like that or yeah that was awesome man that was great what you think is great, everybody else may not necessarily think is great. You're like, how come I get that many likes? Yeah. And the- like, damn, I thought that would have been the one right there. At the end of the day, I don't, there's a, there's a lot of things I care about. There's a lot of things I don't care about. Can I validate my own existence by understanding that what means most to me in life are meaningful relationships, making a positive impact, in using the influence that i have to make a difference Hmm. and have fun while i'm doing it nothing else matters to me and that's that's the mentality i take into every part of life whether that's business whether that's relationships it doesn't matter like at the end of the day i'm just trying to be a i'm just trying to be better than i was yesterday a better version of myself than i was yesterday and that doesn't mean i'll make mistakes and being honest with people Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean like when I had a boss that I wasn't, <laughs> I get, I stepped into it a lot, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like with, but I always professionally stepped into it. Cause you know, it's like, you can't be to Mike's point earlier. If you do, you know, you know, something coming later, yeah. right. You okay. know, there's a reprimand, there's a write-up, there's a whatever. But at the end of the day, if you respectfully do it, they may not, they, again, he might be misunderstood. They knew what they were saying, by the
2: way.
3: Yeah, they knew exactly what they whoever it was knew she,
2: what he or she was saying. And I and I heard you say earlier about forgiveness. The post about forgiveness. Yeah, what's your what's your opinion on forgiving and forgetting? Oh,
1: um, oh, yeah, hey, that's a that, that was
2: the first deep breath. uh Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a real common one.
3: So I think forgetting is not. It's not something that's. It's something that's almost impossible to do, but. And this is just to me personally, I believe it's not a healthy way to deal with it, to deny or overlook things that are, to me, are what I consider clarifying moments in your life. Like Keenan, who, he is, who is who he is today because of what he went through and what he experienced, whether that was disappointment, love, letdowns, jealousy, whatever it is that you experienced, but that helps you grow from it, right? Like it, it doesn't necessarily define who you are right now, but it did help you find who you are if that makes sense, like the forgiving side is absolutely necessary. And to the point of that IG post I was talking about, like, I don't, I can forgive you and not tell you I forgave you. Like, and never speak another word to you because like, that's the, her point was the opposite of the point I was making. The point of forgiveness is to relieve yourself of that stress. Of that mental fatigue and that load that you carry all because you're angry like it's an unhealthy way to go about life
2: But why do you think we need it say if you feel like somebody did something to you? Why is forgiving us relieving something if you if the action was done? You understand what I'm saying like yeah, so if you did so if Kenan did something wrong to me and You were in the wrong for doing what you did. Yes, your you Why, forgiving me releases you. Yeah, hundred okay. and, percent. To me, it does. Of that, because, of that energy, right?
3: Yeah, that's that. One hundred percent. Like that mm. energy that you ex, that you that you exerted onto me that may have made me whether it made me feel bad or hurt or you mm. did some something behind my back. At the end of the day, mm. I carry that. Mm. I shouldn't be, mm. but I carry it. It's like the same. Like it's like when we talked a little earlier about like. That generational trauma, like yeah, buddy. I saw, I saw how much my mom stressed. I saw how much the bills got high, and she wasn't able to pay. And like I had to start working when I was like thirteen. Like I understood all of that stuff, and I was like, I'm not trying to live like this in ten years, twenty years. For sure. So at the end of the day, why should I carry the load of Kenan's mistake and being like, man, forget? Why should I even give you that? En- you don't deserve that energy based mm-hmm. off based off of what you've done. So, I ain't gonna forget it. Cause I always use that as motivation to move forward and be better. But I'm gonna forgive you. My pops wasn't in my life at all. He had like a whole, bro had a whole ass family, okay? Four huh. other daughters. At the end of the day, he passed like probably four or five years ago. I didn't cry. My mom called me and told me. I ain't cried cry, I didn't do nothing. I was just like, I was emotionless. And hmm. I, one, of the, one of the things I understood when I talked to my wife about this later, I had to forgive him. I still had, I was a 31-year-old man at that point. Hmm. And I hadn't forgave him. Not that I had to, oh man, I forgive you. Like, that's not the point. The point was like, you, bro, you wasn't there. Hmm. And that's, so when I talk about like vulnerability, that's hmm. me being vulnerable and saying to me, by being like, you know what? I don't need to carry that anymore. All right, cool. I forgive you, pops. You wasn't there. You ain't here now. You wasn't even there for me to tell you I forgive you. Yeah. But I'm not gonna carry this no more. That's not my burden to carry. That was yours. You didn't, that, you didn't take care of it? No problem. I'm good now though. Because not only did I release myself of that energy to Mike's point, but I also put myself in a space where I'm like, all right, let me productively find a way to move forward. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, dope, dope, dope. One of the biggest uh I'm gonna say uh relationship bullies is communication, right? <laughs> well what? <laughs> what what would you say is the the me- the I guess the root cause of communication issues? That was a good question.
3: Um, that is a good question.
1: Cause I think we we typically, you know, when we identify relationship issues, we say communication, right? Mm-hmm. But that has like an underlining uh, reason you know what i mean like uh yeah. for example um sometimes um communication might get miscon you know thrown off if the intent isn't right
3: yeah
1: right and you can feel the the intent or you can uh, uh you know things like that i know i know sometimes uh you know being being a married man you know we, we get into spats with us <laughs> all the time all right and and, and, it, and it don't be over anything but you know like how why would you think I would do that yeah like, like, like how, how why are we fussing about something that you why would you think I would do that I think so I think twofold as uh, so I'll speak as a man first
3: mm-hmm. I think we have an inherent intent I, at least for me I love being right and I tell my wife I love being right I love being able to be like that's not is that the actress from the it's something as small as that yeah, her. I'm like, I'm telling you, she was in this other movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we'll
3: Google it, you know, later on that night, and I'll be like, what I, what I tell you and that feeling of yeah. that rush to being right or to being validated in a sense that made me feel good. It makes all of us feel good, and I think, I think as a, I think if I'm thinking about from a woman's perspective, I, mom always told me like a, a woman always gonna test you. Don't uh-huh. no matter what color she is. That's
2: some good advice she, right there, boy. She's look.
3: always going to test you. She's always right. going to push yeah. your buttons because nope. because she needs to make sure that you're the man that you say you are. Like, she needs to make sure that, all right, let me hold on. Let me, Keenan, you, and then you like, <clears throat> you can yeah. play that throat. And all right, cool. All right, you, all right, you good. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead in the, in the other room. I'm going to go ahead and watch the <laughs> TV. Like, yeah. that type of, I feel like that's a good source of, strength that you show when you're able to communicate in a way that so we talked about like honesty and transparency but
0: mm-hmm.
3: i that when i say vulnerability keenan to your point earlier i don't need to always be right
0: mm-hmm.
3: and i'm not a big apologizer my wife will tell you that in two seconds like i, I when i'm wrong i'm a sore loser right oh, yeah. it's like it's like, it's like that, it's like that sports analogy where like, you give know, like, I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, nah, give me that, nope, give me all, nope. Them, them yeah. sneakers is mine too, I'm taking those with me. Like, yeah. like, but at the end of the day, I understand. So to your point about compromise, this is where I, that's my compromise. Like to some other people that like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm like.
2: What is it, what is it about the I'm sorry, man? <laughs> what is it about that?
3: I don't think it's necessarily the sorry, it's just, I just had, I love winning. And when I say, when I said earlier about like competition, one of the things I had that I learned most frequently in the relationship prior to my wife was I I kept, I was, I was competing. Mm. Like, you know, we weren't racing to some finish line. The the hope is that you cross that finish line together as a couple, as a unit, as a married, like as a marriage. And I was, I was running a race. And she was just like, still at the starting line. And I was like, what, ain't you nah?" Well, we gotta we gotta train together. We gotta get conditioned together. Like we gotta be at the same pace. Like we gotta be put in a position where in order for us to win this marathon and live a life of a happy couple, like we have to communicate, but not communicate just like, just to talk, right? Cause you know, you go on like that autopilot when, you, when you're married, like, it's just like, oh, how was your day? word what said what oh man that's crazy and what you say like we get in that mode where I, I made a video a couple of weeks ago that said if it's <laughs> if she says it more than once it's bothering her mm. and my point to that was how good are you at listening with the intent of understanding right and being like you know what this is like the second time she mentioned something about we ain't been out in a couple of weeks or that we, we don't take her out anymore Or that like, because when people step out into relationships, they're looking for that external source of happiness, that that excitement, that's something that's a little bit different. So how can I manage my expectations, communicate better? The only way is by being transparent, by telling you like how I really feel, by like being empathetic to your circumstances, telling you like quit that job, support, like, and being the support that you need and giving you them critical, like, all right, well, it sounds like you was wrong to me. And her being able to accept that, which is hard for my wife. Yeah, but that time.
2: transparent that that with, with marriage, man, that transparent thing get really, really, oh, yeah. really it gets rough to on the body. Yeah. I, so this is a this is this is probably gonna get you in trouble, brother. But I wanna <laughs> know this, man. I've been debating I tell this. my wife not to listen to this. Huh? <laughs> hey, I, I've been, been I've been debating this for like a year now. Okay. Do you think you deal with relationships at all? So this is, you are a perfect person, a very qualified to answer to this question. Do you feel like communication and emotional intelligence is gender specific or person specific? Do oh, I feel
3: like it's gender specific or person specific.
2: So, so do you need, so meaning that, do you believe that women are typically better communicators and more emotionally intelligent? Or do you believe that given a person and the circumstances they can be, just is like it, it doesn't matter what gender you are it's about you know how you learned it or what your experiences is or what your experiences were in order to get that place so is it like gender specific or like person specific
3: I think that it's person and it, it, to me it's person specific because I don't you know somebody that comes from a background of having relationships like you could be in a position where you haven't been in a lot of relationships maybe before you meet a man or a woman Mm -hmm. at the end of the day how you're going to react to the dating to the first arguments and moving in together that's all like your emotional intelligence like it's just like working at a job right so if if mike's at a job and he has three different managers and he's the he's the supervisor under those managers at the end of the day he might be the best at being able to communicate with the rest of his team, because he's closer to them. So in a relationship, if we're working together, if we're like having these conversations about, well, you know, before you, you know, this is what my last relationship looked like, that I went to school here, I did this, I did that, like, I can't place that blame just, I can't place blame on you that you're not emotionally intelligent just because you act like you're not emotionally intelligent. Like you might know what the hell you're doing, right? It's the same thing with like people manipulate or they're a narcissist at which I see a lot too in coaching sessions. Like they're like, oh, well, they, you know, for so long they took advantage of me mentally and emotionally. And I feel like it was because of his background, because of how, how she grew up or because she ain't have no father figure in her life. Yes, I can blame that when I'm young. When I'm 10, 12 years old, I can be like, Dad ain't around, I'm mad. When I'm 25 years old, when I'm 30 years old, when I'm 35 years old or 40 years old, and I'm doing relationships and I'm trying to get married, what's the goal here? Like, I've understood enough of life to understand that if I sit in the corner, it's highly unlikely the most beautiful woman in the room is gonna come over here and say hi to me.
0: For sure.
3: If I network, if I have the right conversations, if I'm not afraid of putting myself out there, then it's probably a higher likelihood of me succeeding. But to me, like dating and relationships is all a numbers game. If that was the case, if I follow like some of these fraud coaches that you see on like YouTube who were like, oh man, you don't do this and don't answer that. And I'd have never been with my wife. My
2: hmm.
3: wife was pregnant when I first met her. Sure. I ain't know that because it wasn't mine. So, <laughs> so, so when we yeah. met, we had a connection, but she was with somebody. We exchanged numbers, she disappeared for a year. Hit me up. Now, if I was a dope, I'd have been like, nah, I'm, remember you had ghosted me and I had never heard from you before. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta wait a month to end. Like, nah, I was like, yeah, I remember you. You had a kid? I didn't even know you was. At the end of yeah. the day, like that emotional intelligence I ain't never experienced that no more. Ain't nobody ghost me for a year and come back, for
0: sure.
3: So that's like me being like, okay, am I accepted enough? Am I vulnerable enough? Mm. Am I smart enough to say, why not? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, she can bounce again, but this time I know damn well I ain't, ain't gonna be no, ain't gonna be no third time, yeah. or second. <laughs> yeah. for so, so, so I do think it's person specific. I don't necessarily think that, oh, men, you know. Because I men we we act like that, but we be knowing. Yeah, they I, may act like they ain't, they ain't emotionally intelligent.
2: Joe and, and I always think it's dudes too. I think this is gonna sound crazy, but it makes sense to me. I think some most of us, if we were playing sports or we just a little popular in high school, you get so aware of your the perception of you. Yeah. You become so analytical of everything around you. Yeah. To the point of where, like, you've analyzed situations well for a long time. But most of the time when we get out of high school, like, I, I remember my roommate having this conversation. You transition to a new person. You, get, you graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. Whoever you were, that doesn't matter. You go to this college. You can recreate yourself on any scale you would like. Yep. So then you take what you went through and how you were in high school. It either evolves. You let some stuff go, whatever the case may be. And you could be in college and be a completely different person. But I think it's dudes always feeling like we're always the one that approach. Well, when I was coming up, we always approach. We always did. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we always did all these interactions, so it made us really cognizant of how you approach people. Now nah, I can't walk up to her right now, or now nah, I can't right. say this because this ain't good. Hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of things that we did, how we and, and I'm saying specifically around women, right. how we approach women that gave us skills that we didn't know that were communication. Like, it's like, even if you analyze the number one rule, like, hey, bro, you don't walk up to her when she's with her friends. Mm -hmm. That's a setup from the jump. But you really are understanding, like, you know, that's not the right time. Mm -hmm. You don't walk up to somebody with the wrong tone. So I think a lot of times being a person that approached helped us communicate. But when you get into an even stomping ground where, you know, I'm not going to say the chase isn't there, but like you're in a relationship, you're married, the angle is different. So it gets misconstrued because we don't always, we've never always, well, let me speak for myself, being who I was in the past, you never always operated on like trying to grow with the same person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right.
3: Right. But, but to that, to your point, like we, we're still evolving, right? We're still evolving and growing, like in, in a relationship, like there's what I would define as like the evolution of love. So you have to kind of learn how to love differently because we're not all going to change or stay the same, right? So as Kenan and Mike's podcast start blowing up and they become great and have tens of thousands of subscribers and followers and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, your career changes, which means your relationship and your living status is going to change, which means where you live is going to change, which means maybe the wife don't have no job no more. Maybe she switches jobs or maybe she works part-time. Like, so as you evolve, that relationship needs to evolve to a point where, That honesty gets a little bit more, and I'm not going to say blunt, but it gets a little bit more murky because sometimes we're like, well, I don't want them to feel like, you know, like we're at this point where I'm outgrowing them, right? Because there's sometimes in relationships where you met somebody at a specific level in life, Mm -hmm and it may not work out because as you begin to heal and grow and evolve and become a better person, they still here. Mm. And I, I see that a lot in coaching and I'm like, well, it sounds like you kind of got to this point and they're still here. And it's been five years, like how, and you keep going like this and they keep, yeah, I'm just chilling. I'm just, yeah, I'm right here. So at the end of the day is, is my wife elevating with me? Am I bringing her with me? Am I empowering her? to try new things, to be better, to have more transparent communication with me or with the kids or with her family. And at the end of the day, are we learning together to to love each other differently than we used to? Cause nah, it's not it's not dating no more. Like it ain't like, yeah, them dates you used to go on, when you was planning it out, you had yeah, your flowers buddy. and the, like, you know, you pick up the flowers and send something to her job. You don't do it nearly as much when you're married. Mm-hmm. But the times you do do it are meaningful to her because it's like, oh, I remember he used to. Ooh, he must want so something.
2: I'm gonna ask a question, bro. I might get you in trouble, Marcus. I might. This one might. You right. already.
3: I, I think we. Do you, it's already been 52 minutes of trouble. We have a long.
2: Time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure. What would what, what, you say? And we're gonna keep it short because this really might get you in trouble. Okay. Was your, talking about dating when you all set aside the one day a month? Was that a compromise for you? Yes. Like, as in, did you all compromise on the one day? or how did you all come to that? Cause it is important to do that in marriage and relationships. So like, was the day a compromise from your, you all's, you know, frame of work or how did that go?
3: Yeah, it was just a, you know, how you like you hook, you you meet up with a friend or you meet up with a family member or you you see your wife at the end of the night and something just seemed off, like the energy, just like, you like, Mm -hmm. everything okay? No, yeah, I'm fine. It's short, like, Mm -hmm. and that happened one day and yeah, I just, I just asked, I was like, what's, what's going on? She's like, we just always working. Like you always like, I, am, and I appreciate what you do and we love you and you make time for the girls you make time for me. She's like, but I just, I just want some more time. Mm. So I had to take a step back as a husband first mm. at the business to decide and just say this, all right, well, let me, let me figure out a way to make this work where it's time for just us, just you, phone, no nothing. And at the end of the day, I feel like that was my, yeah, it was a compromise. Because I, man, look, I'd be up all night. When we get off here, i am be, I'm be grinding, right? And yeah. she in bed already. So yeah, yeah, for sure. like to me, I, I needed to make sure that that's something, if that's what makes her happy, if that's what keeps her feeling like I appreciate that time, it's the least I can do for the mother of my children. For the woman that i love for the woman that i married so at the end of the day that's a compromise to me that's like not even a question
2: right. so I, um uh so you being a relationship coach how has that affected your relationships you're around you taking on from so many people all the time how has knowing and gaining all the knowledge and practicing with other people how has that affected your close relationships uh
3: outside of friends hitting me up for free coaching uh <laughs> thinking anything or wanting a discount um in all honesty it's helped me appreciate like a lot of the relationships i do have like the genuine yeah. ones like i always think about the fact that i always i appreciate living in the moment so i i know that we have a finite amount of time um before we hit that upper room so oh, when yeah. i oh. so when i when i do think about how we are as human beings like it's important to me that I develop those relationships as much as possible and being able to enjoy it with the people that you love. like mm-hmm. those moments don't have a price tag because we honestly wouldn't be able to afford it anyway. like those memories, those times, those conversations, mm-hmm. no matter how rich you are. So it's made me realize how many people also that will need help need counseling, need coaching, need therapy, mm-hmm. forgiveness of not just somebody else but themselves, like it's it's all for so full circle and it's helped me network right the relationships I've built with you guys just in this short amount of time like that's those it's not just the intimate relationships it's the personal relationships it's the business relationships that I think have brought me to a point where I'm like yeah this is that meaningful work I talked about earlier like this Mm -hmm. is where this is where it's at like this is where that energy that I feel that Excitement that I get before I do a coaching session or having a conversation or doing a podcast, like those are the things that, man, like that can't be replaced. No, no,
1: no. When it comes to you, uh, you know, coaching your mentees or whatever, and you're, you're giving that one piece of advice um, that you encounter with a lot of your, your, uh, your mentees, right? What, I guess, what piece of advice do you feel is the most challenging for people to accept? like that you know hey you need to start doing this or you need to look Mm. at it like what what like that one trigger for a lot of people like what what would you say that is (laughs) this is
3: gonna this might sound weird but trusting that voice that you get that voice that's inside like some people call it intuition but we convince ourselves so often that either something is wrong or something is right and you know that like saying that like most of what we worry about never happens, never winds up happening anyway. But being able to trust in that feeling when they know, yo, you know what? So she cheated on me, should I go back? The voice is being like, hell nah dog, run. And then yeah. after you done running, keep running a little bit more. And then when For you are sure. done running there, keep going a little bit more, but we're hard headed. And we're like, I can fix it, but she really do love me or he really does love me like at the end of the day all of the choices that we are our choices and the choice you make to stay with somebody who makes you unhappy is a choice you going not have to live with because mm-hmm. if they make you unhappy again you won't have to live with it if they make you unhappy a third time you won't have to live with it yeah it's it's being able to accept your circumstances but also move forward from them and a lot of the problems I see in coaching is just them, like, walk like the, it's the person who can't walk away from their ex. Mm. But, but we had such a great time and we, we were together for so long and we had so much in common, that's great. She with another guy now, or he's mm. with another girl now. Or like, all of those things don't matter if you can't accept reality. There's the, there's the fantasy world that we want to live in where we're like, man, I can fix this. I can, I can make it better because we think it's like business. Yeah. But you get, they know there's no, um, There's no refund on that time. Mm. You can get the money back. Mm. But the, that six months, that year, that five years that you just put into somebody that was emotionally abusive or didn't treat you right or cheated on you or lied to you or it just wasn't a great fit and you knew it all the damn time and you just wouldn't leave. Ain't no, you won't get you're not gonna be 30 tomorrow. Hmm. You're gonna be 35 <laughs> in Show. a day. So Show. that acceptance, it's the it's the actual acceptance of like your circumstances and being like, all right, this relationship is broken. I should do I fix it? Well, if you want it to work, yeah. But you gotta be honest with yourself and trust that voice. Like, all right, she something like my wife, something was
2: wrong. You sure? Yeah.
3: I'm fine.
2: So always follow the gut feeling, is what you tell us. That's me. right. Trust that voice, that intuition, man.
1: For sure. For sure. That's, literally, that's literally talking yourself out of it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's literally it. Yeah, that's dope. Why do you think we fight that so heavy, though? Like, why do
2: you think we hear <laughs> this and know and just fight it? Why do you think know. that?
3: Like, why you need to leave that job? Why you need to leave that relationship? <laughs> yeah. I, it's, in all honesty, I haven't quite figured that out, but I do think it has to do with our, we love control. For sure. Like, I know I do. Like, I know, all right, cool. I'm. I'm this is what my expectation is. These are what my KPIs are. This is what my, like, this is this is my measurements and my metrics and all this kind of stuff. And we like being able to control it. But the reality is like, for as much as we think we control, I I, I really got no control over nothing. I don't know how many views, how many likes, how many, Uh, how many times like I'm making my spouse upset if I don't come home at the time I said, like, I don't, I don't know. I can't control any of that. So the control that we think we like to have about like, oh, our relationship and oh, and how this went at work today. Like you ain't really got no control. It's like, it's like Mike losing his temper. It's like that trigger, that's all it Mm takes. And you, somebody in there like, whoa, we're put Mike back in a bottle, please. Yeah. Because I I don't know what just happened, how we went to zero to sixty this quickly. Um, but it when you don't have that control, I think it just puts us in a in a <laughs> in a vulnerable place where we're just like For sure. we, yeah, like Yeah, like uh Shannon Sharp on TV said, uh, you know, only three three people tell the truth, kids, drunk people, and
2: anybody that's pissed off. So hey, hey that's a fact though. That's so, <laughs> all so so before we close out, man. Last question I, I asked is. What do you, what is the impact on relationships that social media has caused that you've witnessed or maybe you've experienced So, like How big has the social media impacted relationships in every aspect?
3: False expectations out of what you're going to get from somebody, whether you're online dating or you're dating somebody new or you're in a relationship. There's so many books and videos and of people who don't necessarily like the the most important thing to me when I started making content or even just being a coach was being honest upfront, but many, making meaningful content. That's going to like help you be better personally, because the better Keenan is for, as a man, the better Mike is as a man, the better Marcus is as a man, the better man you're going to be for your family, the better man you're going to be for your spouse, for your lover, your partner, whatever you want to call them. At the end of the day, I think social media has a way of skewing what your expectations should be and instead of like I saw a really funny uh somebody tagged me to a story a couple of days ago and the the moral of the post was just like you know people don't argue with the person that you know they're actually having the problem with they go and they do like all these you know cryptic posts about like well when somebody don't want to listen to you then i guess they just not like it's so we do all of those things as an outlet when the person you probably should be having that conversation with is like 10 feet away from you sitting in the other room Mm -hmm. um so it's it's kind of put us at a distance it's like me texting my wife right now she's in the bedroom i could just go in there and talk to her so it's kind of so it's not just social media it's the technology piece of it that to your point like when we were younger yeah like you approached a woman you you had to you had to go talk to them. It wasn't no slide right. in the DMs, but mm-hmm. no DMs. Yeah. Uh, at least when I was younger. Nah, I man, you,
2: you shoot that, shoot a paper across the room. That's right. That's right.
3: Do you like me? Yes or no? At the end in of the day,
2: day. Yeah.
3: So like that, but I I think it's been I say I think it's been a gift and a curse. I think it's been a, a gift in the sense that it's it's helped people like me, and guys like you guys just like to talk about the emotional intelligence the things that truly matter not just to yourselves but to the culture of people that are like us Mm -hmm. and then i think it's the curse in the sense that sometimes you get like these false prophets who who want you to keep coming i want you to build a meaningful relationship and keep it that way you know what i mean
2: nope so hey so what in closing man what would you tell somebody or what would you say to people that just need advice on a, a general statement or advice on relationships what, what is one of the biggest things you can give people about relationships, whether how important they are, how to maneuver, what are some of the biggest things you will leave with people? Don't tone
3: down who you are to appease anybody else. Um, people you, in a relationship, you're either gonna accept somebody for who they are completely, or you're not, like you're gonna reject them for their ideals. And I've always been of the opinion like you, when you learn, and you get in relationships, like you put yourself in a position where you can, I'm, I'm willing to change my mind. If, you, if Kenan brought me facts, right? We talked about facts earlier. If you bought me facts that said otherwise to something that I believed, I'd be like, okay, I've never seen this information before. So, all right, cool, that's true. It's the same in a relationship. When I get confronted with facts, when I understand that that, that relationship can, is mending or breaking or not going well, I need to address it and not wait because a lot of times in relationships were like, oh, well, you know, he'll be better tomorrow. She'll be better tomorrow. We'll talk about it next week. And then when they start getting silent, you start getting worried <laughs> and you put yourself in a position where now you're, you're 10 steps back. And you know, if it's a man and a woman, she ain't gonna forget, it'd be three years later. She'd be like, in that
2: time you was in the Boy. kitchen. Yeah. And you'd be like, what? You, I don't even 70, know that. 80.
3: We not yeah. even living in that house no more. So you
2: feel me? <laughs> for sure, for sure, man. Dope, dope. Marcus man, thank you so much for coming on, bro, and just sharing your perspective, giving your knowledge and everything. And before we go, man, can you tell everybody where they can find you and yeah. uh, everything you do for the people?
3: Yeah, so um website is we've told me, w-e-a-v told me.com. Um, Instagram is at weave underscore told underscore me. So and I'm on LinkedIn too, that we've told me. So,
2: yes, sir. Dope. soul, man, appreciate you, appreciate you so much for coming on, man. Dope, 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 man. It's Millennials versus the World. We out.
1: Pause by MWE talking.